Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Movies and Brews podcast, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I am soon to be birthday boy host Jordan, and staring through the screen here is Daniel. Hello, hello. Was it your idea to watch this docu docu series? Yeah, I mean, I told you about it because I just found it on HBO. It's called The Movies. Each episode is an hour and a half, so it's pretty chunky, and there's eight episodes, but they each go through a different era of film. I'm like, oh, Jordan would love this, and I just casually watched the first episode. I'm like, yeah, it was was fun. It was enjoyable. Yeah, I actually watched the first one twice, but yeah, we'll get into that. So yeah, we are going to talk. We've decided for the next few weeks, this will be kind of fun to each week talk a new episode and watch a movie from that era that they talked about and they talk about it a lot but yeah yeah we'll, we'll get into that though so yes everyone sit back relax grab a drink and let's go back to the golden age cheers cheers okay Ooh, what are you drinking there on your end today daniel it's like a 22 oh i've had this definitely before not too long ago but it's the fremont lush ipa i don't know if i know that one it's really yummy so i decided it was time time of year the season yeah for the elysian night owl elysian night owl pumpkin ale oh it's just as good as i remember okay yeah we didn't really talk beforehand but how do you want to how do you want to do this do you want to talk about? Well, I didn't think we were going to go too in depth on the episodes. I didn't make any notes for the episodes. I just watched it because I thought it was fun. Okay. So I don't know if you want to talk about the episode because I actually watched it twice. And if you want to uh, talk, I... about, talk about the episode a little bit and then talk about the movie we picked from it or, yeah, or just weave it all in together. I wasn't sure how you want to do that. I mean, just kind of generally talk about the episode. Like I said, I didn't make any notes. Casually watched it. So, I don't know. And we didn't even pick a movie. F- we picked a movie from the era, but I don't think it was actually in the movie. Yeah, I, now that I think about it, I don't think we, because we, we picked uh, Buster Keaton's The General, and I don't think they talked, to, I don't even know if they talked about him. They didn't really talk about the silent era too long. They pretty much brushed right past that it was like there was a silent movie era then boom the jazz singer and then we from there we just take off yeah well i guess uh let's let's get into it yeah we're gonna skip movie news and other stuff we saw this week and just kind of get into it and i i guess uh i guess we can talk about let's just talk about the episode first and then yeah we'll talk about the movie we watched and i'll kind of talk a little bit briefly like throughout uh, the other one that I saw that they did talk about. But yeah, so <laughs> HBO Max has a series called The Movies, and I think it's, what, six or so episodes long? And the first one talked about the golden age of Hollywood, so it's basically like the beginning through the 50s. And yeah, what a fun hour and a half doc documentary. I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, there's a lot to cover in an hour and a half, because they go through at least you know five decades of film. I know. It feels like that's another thing is this documentary seems less like, I mean, there's a lot of information in it, like any good documentary, but it's more focused on the gush. It feels like the, like they interview just actors and like p- directors and people who just love movies. 
Lots and they of familiar much faces. about movies that they love in like the era that they're talking about and the old movies that they loved that inspired them or like I, I feel like the golden age should have been broken up into two parts honestly you should have had just like let's just say early 1900s through the 30s maybe and then like do 40s and 50s separate yeah i feel like it was like i haven't watched any other episodes but i feel like this is probably going to be one of the more broad stroke episodes yeah. just because of there's such a huge chunk of cinema that they kind of just brush over. Like I said, they barely touch on silent films. They kind of talk about what movies were before people talking and then they just go right into the talkies. Yeah. Which one thing I did not know. So I knew, I always knew the jazz singer was the first talkie film, the first film to have sound. Mm-hmm. One thing I did not know though, is it's only the singing parts that have sound. The rest is still when, people are talking together they still show their dialogue on screen first right so i I didn't i thought the whole thing was just talking at that point yeah and i do like how they describe that it's just like yeah because they figured well no one would be interested in hearing an actor talk on screen unless they were singing yeah so i'm like oh that's i mean again like born way after this (laughs) right like that's ludicrous been talking and everything we've seen (laughs) since then yeah, now it's novel if there's less talking in a movie, like A Quiet Place. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's not that so, but you know, you have a couple decades though of just silent films, and all of a sudden, like a voice. Whoa. But yeah, it is kind of funny how they're like, yeah, who who wants to hear somebody talk? But I mean, soon enough, I mean, that just took off and was its own thing, and all of a sudden, just everybody talked in films and sung and everything like that. But. Uh, I'm trying to think here some interesting topics they talk about in that first um, episode. Well, one of the things I was trying to find, I should have written down the movie when I was watching it, but one of the things I thought was fun, because yeah, they talk about the jazz singer and like how it's silent until he starts singing. Uh, But then they talk about a movie that which was, I loved how everybody's like, yeah, this movie was, objectively not good it was pretty bad but people went and saw it in gangbusters because it was like seemingly the first movie who j- that just had talking all the way through the movie and how they were describing it's like yeah it takes place in like this one room like oh, okay i've seen movies that pull that off and they're like but they're all huddled around this radio because obviously that's where the set mic is hidden yes and so, they so it was like a, a, te- a telephone it. i thought that was hilarious <laughs> so yeah I mean, no hateful aid, but no. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was funny that they're all the film works like in retrospect, it's like it was pretty horrible. Like it was pretty bad but film, but in con- first one with everyone talking. Yeah, you would just again like you know how nowadays like there's some movies that look so bad that you're just like I gotta go see this train wreck in person. It's yeah. kind of like the movie might not be good, but it didn't have to be good if it was the first one. It just had to be there. And people were going to go see it no matter what. Because they're like, oh, sound all the way through? Yeah, all right. Or, you know, dialogue all the way through? Oh, nice. I got to see that. I mean, sh- shit, that's why I went and saw Spy Kids 3D in theaters. Because so I'm like, Spy Kids movie? Eh. But 3D? I've never seen a 3D movie before. This is, sounds awesome. <laughs> Oof. I, I bet that was probably, well, that was probably my first 3D movie. Not, yeah, it's not that it was the first 3D movie ever, but they had that. That went away for quite some time, and then they brought it back. 
and Spy Kids, yeah, Robert Rodriguez said, okay, I'm going to make th- this movie in 3D. And I was like, well, I've never seen a 3D movie before. This would be cool. You know, to this date, I will say, uh, this is just a tiny little side note, but my the most fun I had watching a 3D movie has got to be a tie just between Tron Legacy, because the soundtrack and visuals of that kick ass with 3D. Yeah, but also... The Nightmare Before Christmas in 3D. You took yes. me to see that when I was pretty young. And I had never see, seen it return after that one time that we saw it. But it was awesome. Seeing that movie in 3D was so so, cool. so good. Yeah, I remember, I think you were the group of my friends and I. I remember Becca was one of them that went with us. And oh my gosh, we were just in awe of how just seeing the puppets in 3D, just how that kind of changed the story in a sense and just made it so much better. Yeah. But so that was just a side note. But yeah, I mean, and I'll say it again, like the thing that I love and like, this is the same reason why I listen to podcasts and stuff about like, you know, mostly like most of the podcasts do their true crime for nerd history and stuff. But hearing people like passionately talk about like these properties and stuff that they love just kind of gets you energized, kind of like gets you excited to explore something well, new. Especially people you admire, like you have Scorsese in there you've got steven spielberg cameron crow um uh, i forget his name the director of boys in the hood so you've got all these iconic directors of our time just talking about all these movies that inspired them i remember reading in a book spielberg talking about the you know the original king kong and how that was just such an inspiration for him and how as a kid he just loved that movie so much and how as a kid he would make sure to close his blinds because it scared him so much <laughs> yeah. Which, speaking of, that is one of my favorite. I love the 1933 King Kong. That movie is so good. You know, I do really need to watch that again because I've definitely seen it. I think I've only seen it once. But when they played it now, on the big screen last year, oh my gosh, so good. Yeah. But yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like, I love listening to just people who love something just talk about it, even though. If I know, like, even if it's something that I know, oh, I don't personally like this, it's still, it's just energizing to listen to people talk about things that they love, no matter what it is. Oh, yeah. Like, even in fictional or in reality, I still remember watching La La Land and me never being into jazz, but, like, that one scene when they're in, like, that little jazz bar and he's explaining how jazz works and how it's, like, a battleground between all the instruments, I'm like, wow, that sounds awesome. I really want to listen to some jazz now. I listened to some jazz for a little bit. I'm like, this isn't for me. But it still got the point across. I'm like, oh, that sounds exciting. That sounds be in the right mood for it. Yeah, jazz it sounds is good, like, is good night drive music for me. <laughs> Makes you feel like a noir taxi. Kind of. Like, do you do you? It was a hard day in my red. Oh, well, that, that's what I love. Uh, the, the soundtrack to Elevator to the Gallows with Miles Davis doing the score. Perfect night drive music. Anyway, getting a little off topic here. But um, yeah, one, one thing that was nice that they talked about, they talked about how the 1930s and 40s were kind of like a, kind of a, a, a good era for its time of like, uh, what do I say, women at the front forefront of movies. Like they were making movies, you know, because women at, for, at that time were the biggest audiences. Like, you know, men were off fighting in World War One and Two, So women were the, back at home and they so for a long time they were the ones going to the movies so they made more women centrist movies for them to enjoy right and yeah just that was one of the things they hit on they talked about uh you know 
Betty Davis uh, and her just rise to fame and beating what she nominated. Would they say five years in a row for an Oscar? Something crazy like that? Damn. Kind of the Meryl yeah, Streep of uh, her time. I know they were talking. I know uh, there were definitely a lot of, uh, or uh, I remember, I think it was like kind of early in the doc uh, episode where they're talking about, I forgot the woman's name. I think it might be her, but how they're talking about, like, yeah, she was like provocative and like church groups were like, how can you air these movies? And they're showing clips from the movies. And I'm just like, it's, that's one of the things I love is like what, like things that used to be controversial and you watch now, you're like, there is nothing here. <laughs> and that was a lot of like those early women stars are just like the femme fatales and like kind of being more like sexy leads and people were like, oh my goodness, think of the children. And you're right. like, she's just walking around in a, in a dress. <laughs> and I'm like, what kids are even going to these movies anyway? I mean, I guess if that's all there is to see, but I'm still just like, what, what kids are going to these? I don't know. One of the movies I decided to go check out and I, I watched uh, It Happened One Night. And great movie. I think this is the first time I've ever seen Clark Gable, to be honest, which, gosh, so crazy to say but yeah i think first clark gable movie but man he was great in it it, it was a fun movie to watch um you have uh it's not streaming anywhere you got to rent it on amazon that's where i what's where i watched it on but uh yeah great movie uh it was kind of they like they were talking about the that was kind of the start in the 30s with the uh kind of some of those i just say cheeseball comedies uh they, they had them screwball comedies. screwball comedies yeah and the, yeah, he, Clark Gable is great in this movie, and he really carries the humor as far as stuff go. But what it was a fun movie though, great story, and yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Nice, yeah. See, I did since we decided on the general because I remember bringing this one up to you. I didn't watch it happen when I, I only watched the general, and now that you're saying you watched, it, I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I don't know. I'm just like, well, I'm going to watch this one too. So I watched it a, yeah, a couple nights ago. I should have. We spent most of our, I mean, like I watched the general, but I spent the rest of my week watching Stranger Things. But Which is good. Okay. Which is good. Daniel's finally catching up. Yeah. But yeah, because after you said, after you said, I'm like, yeah, I watched it. I'm like, God damn it. That's the one I wanted to watch. I'm sorry. I was trying to compromise with you because you had been asking me to watch the general for a really long time. Which is true. So which, like, I'm well, glad, I'm glad you, which I'm glad you finally watched it. Yeah, you? it was a movie. What? I said, yeah, it was a movie. It was a movie. Hey, I've actually never seen a silent film. Okay, well, now you have. Now I have. And I think it's important to at least watch something. Yeah. I mean, one thing, um, those of you listening, HBO Max right now, if you have HBO Max, has got a ton of Chaplin movies on there right now. And I want I want to start going going back and watching some of these because. So you. Excuse me. We're good. Sorry, that was my phone going off. But did you enjoy your first uh, silent film? Okay. I have mixed feelings. Like some of the comedy, I really liked. Some of the set, like the uh, the scenes and stuff, I thought were great. But I was. My interest was waning about 45 minutes in of an hour and 20 minutes. So I was getting about halfway done or halfway through and I'm just kind of like sitting there thinking like, I, cause that's the only thing, like <laughs> I've said in the past, like I either really love old movies or I'm just like, or I just don't really care. And this yeah. was one of those where like, I was like, 
it was hard for me to keep my attention on the screen. I guess maybe in lack of dialogue or just like, I don't know, because I've never seen a silent film. Like I'm usually like, again, it's also kind of harder because just being younger, I mean, we've obviously always had dialogue in movies. We've always had major soundtracks in movies instead of just little flute playing or, you know, like trombones playing. Yeah, music, stuff. yeah. You know, it's a lot, like I'm used to a lot more complexity in like at, in the score and like the dialogue and stuff. So uh, maybe that's partially why I was having I mean, it probably is. Time. I mean, today I watched it this afternoon and I mean, about the halfway point, I was myself kind of like, Hmm. I mean, I'm still like enjoying it, but I'm still kind of like at the same time, like, all right, all right. Yeah, but, but I there, mean, there's some... also helps me drive through that is I also know a bit about like, um, <laughs> crap, what's his name? <laughs> Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton is like one of those like stuntmen, mm-hmm. you know, he was just like, you know, when you back when you just did all the stunts and yeah. something worked out 1926 this is before stuntman was invented you just had to do the stunts yourself yeah because i mean there's a lot of i'm starting to think like all these little clips that i've seen of buster keaton were taken from a lot of them were taken from this movie like from him sitting on the side of the train and it like starting to go and him just yeah. kind of like going up and down while he's sitting down yeah to like when he's on the front of the train riding the front yeah post and then as it comes up to the other post that's sticking out of the train track him hitting it with the post and it popping out all practical too all yep. practical he did those things <laughs> you know that and was that was probably one of the the really fun and slash amazing parts of watching this is just every time you see something happen you're like oh my gosh that was completely practical yeah so that's one of the things that just like knowing that just kind of helps like push through. I'm like, well, I'm not super impressed with like the movie per se. I am still like enjoying the fact that like this guy is literally doing all of these things, which are pretty dangerous. At least some of them just are. Climbing to the front of trains, like when he went to go get the uh, oh he, oil, when he, oh when he gets oil. to go goes to the front of the train to like grab the train light that's full of like gas kerosene or something. Kerosene, yeah, 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 yeah. just. So I, I I had still had fun. I hadn't watched this movie in years, but it was fun to go back and revisit it. One of my favorite practical effects, or let's just say special effects, was that l- shot of the lightning coming out of the sky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Or, um, well, let me see. I actually wrote down some. I don't know. I mean, like some of the. <laughs> Uh, I mean, like some like the physical comedy. Obviously, like that's what silent movies rely on is the physical comedy. You know, obviously because they're not relying on the dialogue, right? And they're not relying on the serious acting because it's all kind of like caricatures to get the point across of what's happening. And the little dialogue they put up on the screen—that's just purely just to move the story forward. Yeah, exactly. So you're mostly just you're mostly just kind of you there's setting up like scenarios for you and you're just kind of in your brain just like filling in broad strokes of what they're actually saying to each other mm-hmm. you know and maybe some obvious lip reading at some points but i don't know like some of the phys- or like some of the comedy that i thought was hilarious was like one of the things that for some reason this i thought this was hilarious maybe it wasn't as funny when the movie came out 
but when he's like it's the very beginning of the movie and he's going to see his girlfriend and he hands her a picture of him in front of his train and gives it to her i don't know why but i'm like here there's a picture of me in my train that cracked me up yeah i don't know i just i guess that's like yeah and i think that's also funny like that was like the first title card was like only two loves in his life is the girl and his train yeah his engine and then i cut a shot of her picture inside his train yeah Yeah, i don't know i mean okay here's a photo of me you know i like you hopefully you like me here's something to remember me by when i'm not around here's a photo of me in my train and also i thought it was kind of funny it took me a while to realize i'm like and i should have realized this way sooner just because it didn't really necessarily click that this is taking place like during the civil war i think Mm -hmm. So, ain't even come across until I'm like, oh, they're in the South. He's wearing a brown coat. Eventually, he runs into the blue coats. I'm like, oh, he's part of like the Confederate. And even towards the end, he's waving a Confederate flag and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that took me so long to realize that. Yeah. (laughs) Also, which just like added to the comedy, especially when I realized that and thinking back early on when he's, which one of my favorite bits is when he's trying to enlist in the army that was a funny scene i mean he takes a shortcut cuts in front of the line cuts in front of everybody and is trying to enlist to impress his girlfriend and her father and her brother i guess and they're just like oh you're an engineer well we need you're more valuable to us here than on the battlefield he gets all huffy and kept trying to steal people's papers to like pretend that he's not somebody stealing that guy's paperwork was hilarious he's like whoop you know and then (laughs) then to be like just get out of here i'm sick of you get out and that really i i did really appreciate that beginning like that first like really hefty beginning bit of physical comedy there, there's some pretty funny parts I, I love when he puts the uh his the girl in the burlap sample just the, the whole thing with him like emptying out the shoes and then he gets her in and then he's like shoot i'm missing my shoe he looks down like crap which one is it <laughs> <laughs> just things like that like how he's got her over his shoulders they will go over to the train and while he, while he's talking to the guy she reaches out and pulls the uh, pin out of the car in between right. the cars I mean, that, stuff like that was just hilarious i thought that was funny and i also wrote down that scene for when he's like throws her in the cargo hold and walks away and all these other this line of soldiers walk up with all these large items and just throw it on top throw of her and top. he's just kind of like ooh, ooh uh, throwing a barrel he's just like oh that's pretty funny that really got i <laughs> and i liked a lot of the, tr- the action scenes i mean i mean yeah i think 1926 when this thing was shot i mean a lot of impressive angles i gotta say for 1926 yeah but yeah, a lot of things you got to get right because it's all practical effects. I mean, who knows how many times they had to redo some shots. You know, like, um, who knows how many times they had to do the shot where the, the camera's behind him. He's going down the track after they had already um, run the water and then he gets splashed by it. Yeah. I mean, you got to nail that just perfectly to make it, you know, comical. Yeah. But another funny part is when he gets to the house and he's under the table while they're discussing their plans that scene cracks me up but uh, yeah no i really like that scene too because he's just like sitting there and yeah then he's getting like kind of nudged in the face with people's boots and stuff 
My favorite part's the guy with the cigar. Yeah, because that yeah, does yeah, the guy with burns the cigar his shoulder. Burns oh yeah, yeah. Burns <laughs> his shoulder and then he's able to like I thought he burnt like a hole in the He did. He burnt a hole in the tablecloth. He sees the girl like oh, there she is. <laughs> but yeah, their escape was great. Um the battlefield the battles, you know, as a river was great, I thought. One of my favorite parts too is you know, we see him the sword and the handle not working very well is when he motions it and the sword goes flying and then it ends up taking out that sniper guy. Yeah, that that was one of the funniest times. That was one of the times that I just laughed super hard. Because we've seen the bit of just like him flaming around to keep the hilt or the hilt keeps separating from the blade. And then you see like two or three other soldiers just getting shot right next to him. He's like, oh God, what do I do? And just like aims the sword and then it just flies off and hits him. Dead. I'm like, I thought that was hilarious. That was a great one. And then just that end scene too, when he's trying to finally kiss the girl, and all these people keep walking by and interrupting. That, <laughs> finally, uh, yeah. he just says, "Finally, he's like screw it," so he starts kissing her and like saluting as they're walking. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, no, I mean, I, really like I mean, yeah, okay, was... okay. Actually, after talking about it, and I'm glad, like, I I feel I felt kind of bad. I think that's also part of why I might not have enjoyed the second half as much because I almost felt guilty because I'm like, yeah, Jordan's been wanting me to watch this forever. 45 min- minutes in, I'm kind of sick of it already. Well, I'm but, glad you, know, you like, lasted to the end. But yeah, I'm glad I did too. I thought about just dipping out. But yeah. I'm like, well, it's only an, a tw- like an hour and 20, like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, can't, something like can't that. Can't cross it off the a- AFI list if you dip out. Yeah, so I mean, like watching it, I am glad I stuck it through because, like, some of the end bits, like, especially that saluting bit, the I would have missed completely. Was funny. <laughs> but, I mean, like, some of the things I like, it's like when they're stealing the train and, like, almost getting back and then they burn down the bridge. And I just love how the Union soldiers just like, oh, we'll take the horses through the water, but the trains should be fine. It's going to make it across the bridge. Gets to the middle part of the bridge where it was burned, immediately crushes and goes right into the river. And I wonder, was that all like live scale practical effects or was that like a model? I don't know. I wanted to look that up. I feel like it was probably a model. Yeah, that would have been spendy. I don't know if they had that kind of budget back then. But it did look real. It looked like the real train that they were using. No, it, it, no, it totally did. <laughs> ah, so much fun. I'm, well, I'm glad you have finally seen The General, Daniel. It's, yeah, it can be a little hard to get through. I mean, again, just a silent film for an hour and 20 minutes, but still a piece of cinema history. AFI, yeah, top I'm 100 like, list. Buster, Buster Keaton does say it's his favorite of his films. Nice. It's his personal See, favorite. Like, and that's it. Like, it, I don't need to like it. It is still interesting to watch little bits of film history here. And oh, there. yeah. I mean, even, even I, I, don't, I wouldn't consider myself, I don't love it by any stretch. But you can, we can still both kind of appreciate Oh, absolutely. Like, because, uh, like I said, even if you don't love it, there's still plenty of things in the movie to appreciate about, like, old cinema. From just, like, the physical comedy bits to just, you know, like, the actual stunts that they do. And I don't know. So, actually, it's actually, now I'm thinking about it a, a lot more positively. I think just because I was a little bit felt guilty when I was watching, I'm like, oh, I feel like Jordan loves this movie, and I just don't. Yeah. No, I, I don't i wouldn't say i love it love it I, I i like it and appreciate it and yeah i mean it's fun to, i i do own it but you know it's not one i'm going to be throwing very often but it is nice to go back and like look at just a piece of you know 
classic cinema. And like but you said, you yeah. should definitely check out um, It Happened One Night, though. I mean, that movie was, again, a lot of fun. The two leads were great in that movie. And the that whole, I think they, they talk about this in the, the documentary episode, is the wall of Jericho when he put he puts a rope up and puts a blanket over so they give them like separate space. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so Daniel, I got a trivia question here for you. So they stay in a uh, motel. It's a pretty small room. Two beds, little sink, stove area. I think the bathroom and shower are separate. Like it's a, everybody has to go to the same area. So it's 1934. What do you think a motel like that goes for per, a night? I'll give you a couple guesses. We'll play the prices right. Closest without going over. Uh, it's mm, three cents, Bob. Three cents, Bob. Higher than that. Higher than that? Okay, a nickel. I mean, per night. You're still, I mean, you know, what are hotels nowadays? They're $100 a night? Something like that. Are we talking like maybe a dollar? I don't know. Is that your final guess? I'll go 85 cents. All right. $2. $2 a night. Wouldn't that be nice? Right. Two dollars a night. Yeah, I know. At one point, she's like, "All I got on me is four dollars." Oh no! Only I know back when only four dollars would still get you a meal yeah. in like a hotel for a night. <laughs> it would, yeah. Hotel that get you a meal in hotel for one night, four bucks. It's like, jeez. Uh, four dollars will maybe get you a cheeseburger, and sure, shit ain't getting you anywhere to stay. No, hell no, no. But yeah. Fun movie though, and uh, yeah, they, they they talk about that a lot. I'm trying to think of some other. Um, I took so I didn't take any notes for general, but I took a lot of notes for this. Um, talked about Bay Davis, the so Snow White, uh, first full length feature cartoon. And one thing I like that they hit on about this is it wasn't meant to be like a kid movie. Because right. I mean, there's some dark elements in that movie. Yeah, I mean, I straight up, like I I always forget that. Snow White is literally like about to get murdered by the huntsman, you know, hired assassin to kill Snow White in a kid's movie. And then he's like, I can't do it. I mean, that's like, what, the first five minutes? Yeah. Uh, One thing that they talked about, um, 1939 being a great year for cinema. They talked about movies such as Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, The Wizard of Oz, Young Lincoln, and Gone with the Wind are some of the big ones that year. And yeah, I mean, actually, I mean, that is a pretty big year for cinema. I mean, a lot of those movies are on the AFI top 100 list. I don't think, I young, Mr. Mr. I don't think young Mr. Lincoln is, but all the rest I mentioned are. Um, which I still need to go see. I still, to this day, have never seen Gone with the Wind. I need to see that movie. That is on HBO. That it's is back. on HBO right now, yeah. And Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. I've seen part of it. I do need to go and actually watch the whole thing. I will say, if I, if I had to pick a favorite actor from that era, James Stewart is probably it. It's either him or Humphrey Bogart. See, unfortunately, I just don't have enough, like, I don't have enough experience with older movies to actually have a favorite, much less familiar with actors enough to say. I mean, Humphrey Bogart, like, he was in Casablanca, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, he's great in that movie, but I, oh, wait, no, no, I also saw him in... Uh, the Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Or yeah, yeah. yeah, And this last year too, I saw um, 
shoot, they talk about it in this. Uh, it was one of the first noir films, The Maltese Falcon. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Okay, I've wanted. To, I was just thinking about that because I'm looking at my AFI top 100 list right now. Maltese Falcon is one that I've definitely wanted to see for a long time. And yeah, the Philadelphia story, which I had mentioned, was also included in the episode. And it happened one night is also on the AFI top 100. I don't, I didn't realize that. I don't know. There's lots of good movies. I'm glad I got to check off number 18, which is The General. The General. I I need to get one of those listed printed out. I think I've crossed the halfway mark on that list. Uh, Some other notes here. Um, Preston Sturgis was the first one to write and direct stuff. They talked about him. We get into Hitchcock a little bit. Uh, Rebecca being his first American film. And I love that um, that one line they, that he says. He goes, I believe in putting the horror in the mind of the audience and not the screen. I thought that was really cool. Right. Hitchcock line there. And one, one thing I keep forgetting about that they mention is I always forget that Citizen Kane was only nominated for one Oscar. I You always think of it like greatest movie of all time so you're thinking okay that thing probably swept the oscars that year but it didn't i don't know it feels like i mean citizen kane i could definitely see as one of those movies that just like it's more like in retrospect like oh it was way ahead of its time it was doing all these weird things that we see now but you know non-linear storytelling something but i could also see like you know the oscar like committee and like the general audience being like well that was really weird i don't it was just well i think some of it is politics too if you watch the there's a actually i have it on the uh, dvd of citizen kane over here the battle of over citizen kane documentary talks about the guy that he based the story off of trying to like sue him and get the movie to not happen so i think some of it had to do with politics getting involved I mean, that's, I mean, that still continues to this day is the polit- politics behind getting your movie an Oscar. Yep. But um, trying to think here, Sunset Boulevard, All About Eve. Those are two movies I want to check out here eventually. I, I did write down, I loved, uh, one part I loved is I'm talking about that uh, Carve's murder scene in Double Identity, how the camera fixates on this woman while her husband's getting murdered in the car right next door. And hearing, like, I think it was director Cameron Crowe talked about that one. Okay. You remember I know that the, one? I don't specifically remember that one. Okay. And so, yeah, they talk about a uh, big chunk of it talks about the 1950s, how, you know, TV enters the picture, and all of a sudden you got competition. So the movie's like, well, we got to up the scale to get people to come to cinema. Because, and I, great examples are all these, like, biblical films that kind of took off in the 50s. And then you have things like Ben-Hur. You're not going to watch Ben-Hur on this little itty-bitty, like, I don't know, what, what do you think it was, like a 10-inch screen back then? 10-inch uh, screen? Probably. Like, you're not going to watch an epic like Ben-Hur on that. You're going to go to the cinema for that. And, but yeah, they talked about the Ten Commandments. Uh, but they also talk about how in the 1950s, a lot of is where sci-fi, the genre sci-fi took off. And because of, like, World War II, certain things, you've got you know like after the atomic bomb and everything you've got things like all these monster movies coming out like the radiation created all these giant ants i don't know 
I love, like, it's always fun. I always love watching old, old sci-fi, except for Plan 9 from Outer Space. That was, that was hard. <laughs> that was really hard. <laughs> but also had a weird connection to the Misfits, like the rock band. Apparently they named a song after that movie because they liked it so much. Plan 9? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? That's one of those... Did, did I, yeah, did I? I yeah, something to that. Did I make? Have you ever watched Ed Wood though? Have I made you watch that? No, we've never. No, oh, you gotta watch Ed Wood. So did good. I watch it? I don't remember. Maybe I did. So good. Uh, I'm trying to think. Looking at my notes here, uh, musicals get huge in the '50s. I mean, you've got Singing in the Rain, uh, Stars Born. I loved Singing in the Rain when we saw it in theaters, and how they're like essentially takes part in like the transition from silent films to you know talking films mm-hmm. you know like we're that is takes like the movie set in that time period obviously it's not actually in the time period because they talk all the way through and they sing but that movie is so great like i loved every second of that movie yeah same and it, honestly when i was watching this movie i'm like all i want i was, a lot of the time i was thinking like man i really want to watch singing in the rain again I did that with so many films like ooh, I want to watch that I want to watch that I want to watch that that looks good that looks good so I'm glad we watched at least a couple this week it was fun to finally see um, it happened one night that was cool seeing the general again was awesome but yeah there's so many like ooh, I should go watch I wrote I mean I kept like taking notes and writing down like I need to see this movie this movie uh that double identity movie uh Sunset Boulevard I have never seen before and I think that's on the AFI top 100 like I think that's like top 20 yeah it is never seen that um all about eve either i've never seen apparently great performances in those movies and come to think of it i don't think i've ever seen a 1950s marlon brando film like on the waterfront or streetcar named desire i haven't seen any of those i've never seen no i don't know like yeah and that's was like the most fun is like well you know it's impossible to go back and see every you know old movie or every movie in general period but like it's like these this and i'm kind of like obviously since we haven't watched all of it we only watched the one episode but i'm really excited to kind of get through i feel like i want to re-watch the first episode again finish making a list because i had a very short list of philadelphia story it happened one night and bringing up baby is things that really caught my eye but like just making a short list, like I think it'd be fun. Just like obviously we're not going to cover all of them on the show, but just like taking the list and going through like some that really caught my eye. Yeah. And you know, and then like moving the way, like. Well, that's, that's what's great, cool about a documentary like this is like the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, ooh, that looks good. Ooh, that might be good. I know it's just like giving you like a tiny little sampler of like you like movies. Have you heard of these movies? maybe you would like to watch all well, of these yeah and it's like we get all these but then next next week we're gonna be watching the 60s and like oh man i need to watch this 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 that's the hard part of like it's gonna that. continue like, i'm just gonna make a long list and try and watch the movies and i'll probably only get to a few but i don't know it's a very it's it's just a cool little sampler and then like i said it's always great to hear people talk about movies that they love or things that they're passionate about oh absolutely and that's all this is it's pretty much all gush with oh yeah i only one episode in but i definitely recommend checking it out fun series i think this was on t- 
TV at one point because it's cut kind of like that with the way it fades to like it's going to go to commercial and come back. Yeah, it says it was a CNN documentary, so it probably premiered on cable. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to more. So from this point on, I think it's all everything in their own decades, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and so on. So, Which will probably help with the digestibility. I mean, there's still tons of movies that come out in that 10-year decade. Yeah. But it might help a little bit with the digestibility of, like, other movies to watch. Yeah. Like I said, this Golden Age, or the Golden Era part, Golden Age, whatever, should have been two parts. Because they talk a lot, of, oh, one thing we didn't get into that I, that, I, that I loved is they talk about, there's that documentary on Netflix called Five Came Back. And it's about these directors that went off to World War II then came back and made films based off their experiences. And they get into that just a little bit in this. And just, but yeah, how war inspired so many movies too. Right. But all right, good fun doc though. Yeah, we'll, we'll, let's wrap it up here. But yeah, great doc that I definitely recommend. I'm, I'm probably tonight going to get into the 60s one. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, again, as we're talking about it, it's just so fun to talk about. And it's just like with all like, you know, yeah, things happen in the world all the time. This is one of those documentaries that's not going to make you like like a social dilemma where you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. What's happening? It's one of those, like, if you want to just relax, if you enjoy cinema, just sit down, watch it. It's just a nice time. And yeah. A nice oh. hour and a half. And I, I can't wait to watch more. I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. Me too. All right. Well, let's wrap it up here, Daniel. That's yeah, our review for episode one of the movies, as well as Buster Keaton's The General. Daniel, where can they find us? You can find us online on movies underscore brews on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, let us know what you think of The General and the docuseries if you've seen it. What's your favorite episode? And what's your favorite movies from those series? All right. Before we get going here, I want to say happy birthday to our sister Lauren if she's listening. I don't know happy still, birthday, Lauren. I don't know if you still listen to the show or not, but happy birthday. Probably not. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks everybody for downloading the podcast. Thanks for sharing it with others. And we will talk to you next week on Movies and Brews. Cheers. 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 Cheers.